Cześć, jestem Max, mieszkam w Polsce i mówię właśnie po polsku, a wy słuchacie The Fluential. Welcome to The Fluent Show, a podcast all about loving, living and learning languages. My name is Kirsten Cable from fluentlanguage.co.uk and on this podcast we talk about anything and everything interesting from the world of learning another language. Hey Fluent Fam, we're in August. We've, we've made it. We're heading into three quarters of the year. The year is hurtling away from us. My gosh, I don't know how you're feeling, but August is is one of my favorite months because it's sunny and beautiful and warm. And at the same time, it's bittersweet because I, I'm beginning to feel winter is coming. Oh, and I don't like the short days. Next week, I am getting on an aeroplane to the USA and I'm going to be in Orlando. So I've got a few events coming up and I'll tell you about two of those because if you are, if you're around and if you're interested in meeting up and you kind of want to grab a drink and have a podcast meetup, there are two events where I would love to meet you round about those events. They are Podcast Movement in Orlando, a podcasting conference running next week. I think it's starting on the 14th of August. So I'm going to be there in Orlando, Florida. And then there is Langfest in Montreal, Canada. And that is a language learning conference. So those two, Podcast Movement and Langfest, I'm going to put them in the show notes. If you are in the area, do give me a shout. I would love to organize a little meetup. In between, I am going to be traveling and at some point we'll be hitting New York, but I haven't got an exact date. So if you are a language learner in New York, again, get in touch. You can email me. You can say hi on social media. I'm going to tell you all the contact details in a second. Would love to meet up. What else am I up to? I'm working on a few new projects. One is called the Society of Language Learners. That's going to be a membership group for language learners where you can connect, learn more, get involved and get yourself cool and interesting new exercises, activities and just go deeper on your own language learning. And there is an update is as well in the works to the proven tried and tested language habit toolkit all of those are coming it's in back to school season i think we'll be able to get them out there if you want details on all of these things and you want them in writing and you kind of you know you don't want to pause your podcast or maybe you're driving right now you can sign up to my newsletter and you can do that by going to fluentlanguage.co.uk and there's a sign up form right on the front page if you're a regular listener to the show you'll know that every other week I set aside a little bit of time to answer your listener questions. If you've got your own listener question, please don't hesitate. Do submit it. You can also submit an intro like Maximilian did at the start of the show. So both of those things, send them to an email address, hello at fluentlanguage.co.uk. That's the email address. Or you can get in touch on social media. You can catch me on Instagram. That is Kirsten, K-E-R-S-T-I-N underscore fluent. You can catch me on Twitter where I am at The Fluent Show and at Fluent Language. So there's two accounts you can follow. Lots of different thoughts and things like that. If you don't like political ramblings or feminism, then just follow The Fluent Show. That's the pure account. For the best chance to have your question answered... 
I would also recommend you do a little search in our show archive where we've got a hundred plus episodes with questions that have been previously been answered. I don't mind if it's a similar questions question, but of course you might find your answers just right in there. And I want to help you out with archive episodes as well. Today's theme on the podcast is based on a listener question and it revolves around a sentence and that sentence is success is a process. Let that sit with you for a second. Success is a process. That's coming up after our sponsor message because they they deserve their time in the sun. Of course, I'm talking about lovely, lovely italki. Italki is an online platform where you can find one of 10,000, wow, online tutors who will be able to offer you one-to-one lessons online in any language of your choosing. And italki is a really, really wonderful place, very easy to find those tutors they all have intro videos so you can kind of get a sense of how they talk and their face and what they are like and you can read their intro you can read some reviews so you get tried and tested trusted online tutors who are experienced on this platform there is an online calendar so scheduling is also very straightforward my chinese tutor lives in china and it never seems to be a problem to find an appointment slot that fits into both of our time zones even though we're in completely different parts of the world that's what italki makes possible for you the tutoring solutions are just so straightforward and so simple and anyone who's been learning a language by themselves for a while will tell you it gets better when you start taking private lessons they do help and they're very affordable with lots and lots of tutors to choose from on italki if you want to get a little bit of a starter credit a little bit of a leg up and you've never tried it before head to fluentlanguage.co.uk slash italki and if you're already a seasoned italki user please also go to fluentlanguage.co.uk slash italki because that little spike in web traffic will tell them that you are listening to the fluent show and that their sponsorship is successful and of course we want happy happy sponsors here on the show i never have a sponsor that isn't an app or a tool or a resource that i would recommend i wouldn't recommend anyway so italki is is i have taught on there i have learned on there i've had many many tutors and i will continue to use it and i would love to introduce you to it if you are new Thank you so much to Italki for sponsoring the show. Let's get back to success being a process. Now, in your opinion, how much does the technical side matter when learning a language? This was a question asked to me in an email from Nikki, who's previously been on the podcast asking questions. So you know Nikki is a very excited language learner who has a lot of experience. And here is what he writes in detail. You'll have seen how something like Say Something in Welsh, which is an audio course, uh, works really well and produces thousands of fluent speakers of Welsh. But it doesn't really go any further than scratching the surface on technical grammar and such. I myself, so this is Nikki, have learned nine languages so far, far, all at very varying levels, from Welsh to French, where I can live my life in them if I wish, right down to Spanish where I can just about order a drink in a bar if I'm lucky, but I've never really gone into the technicalities of a language. I just get an understanding for the tenses, what sounds right, what sounds wrong, and move on. Whereas I know lots of people who spend hours, weeks, 
months, years even, learning the fine details of each individual tense, cases, lots of all this technical stuff. So my question to you, Kirsten, is what is the right mixture for language success in your opinion? Nikki, thank you so much for sending this question in. And listeners, if you want to hear Nikki's voice uh, himself and get to know him a little bit better, he actually asked a question live on the show recently. So I'm going to put that in the show notes as well, which you can find at fluent.show slash 146. Now let's talk about this. Technical, how much grammar, how much pronunciation training how detailed are your flashcards do you speak straight away do you just try things out do you get a general gist and move on or do you really go into details so these are lots and lots of choices there and Nikki has identified something very correctly there is a technical side to learning a language and that and then there is the other side which is applying that knowledge applying that technique technique and, and being, so to say, a practitioner. You know, a practitioner is somebody who practices all of that passive knowledge. Nikki mentioned Say Something in Welsh, which is a program quite similar to Michelle Thomas. So even if you're not a Welsh learner, don't worry. I would, I would say Michelle Thomas is a similar method. And just to describe it, these programs prioritize the applied skill. So if a grammar skill, if a grammar book is a technical resource, an audio course where you repeat what is said and you produce your own language very early by repeating and filling in the gaps, those things are practical resources. So those are the two first aspects. We've got the technical side, we've got the practical side. There is a third aspect. And that is what Nikki is talking about. So there's a third aspect to language learning, not just is it tech or is it practical, because there is the other dimension which we're talking about right now, and that is process. How process-oriented would you like to be? Process is about thinking how you like to study. It's thinking about how you go about learning and setting your system and routine so that you have a balance. I personally find all balanced approaches most valid. So spend some time setting up your process and then keep it maybe not necessarily even but keep a balance between your technical and your practice but more about that later this is really often contrasted with being goal oriented so you can be process oriented where you focus on what you're actually doing you can be goal or results oriented and don't mistake that for actually setting goals goal oriented means and it can be very damaging means that essentially you failed if you didn't achieve what you set out to do exactly what you set out to do it's not that helpful for growing and learning, which is what we're here for. So as a language teacher and as a language coach, I would recommend process really being where we, where we want to go, where we want to focus. You focus on what you're actually doing rather than exactly what you want to achieve. And I very, very, very often say that you want to set your goals thinking about what you can control and what you can control is your action more than your outcome. Unfortunately, we can't will our brains and our mouths into fluency in a foreign language, but we can look at what are the steps, what are the tasks that we have to undertake to get there and then make sure that we actually do the things. And that usually works. Now, Nikki has described his approach here as, you know, get a gist, practice, 
get what I need and move on. That is a very immersive, communication-first and pretty fearless approach. He may not be producing the most correct and formal registers of Welsh or French of whatever language he's learning at first. Nicky knows a lot of casual Welsh. And I'll tell you now, he's, he's absolutely amazing and such an enthusiastic Welsh speaker. More about that in his episode. And most importantly, he knows exactly what he needs to know and is not scared of acquiring it. Now, let's look at this. Let's look at the programs for a minute. Let's look at Say Something in Welsh and Michelle Thomas, for example. Those are the ones that I have tried. I've also gotten the impression that Pimsleur is similar, but I can't personally speak to Pimsleur because I've never tried it. So these programs teach you through a practical method. They don't explain the theories first. And I think that is the first point of success. And that is why learners have a lot of success with these types of programs. Not learning the theory first is important. And I absolutely believe in this. One course that I have created where you can also see this method at play, but it's not an audio course, is German Uncovered, which is my story-based language course in German and it is story based in the sense that it is story first so straight away with this course you are reading a story in German before I have gone in and explained to you this is how the grammar works and this is this and this is that you're just figuring it out and trusting essentially trusting your brain to make those connect connections and trusting yourself uh, trusting in your own intelligence is such a wonderful cornerstone of adult learning and it also boosts your confidence so you can acquire quite a lot of language very, very quickly. So the principle is there not learning the theory first, this practical practitioner approach, it does work. If you are interested in German Uncovered, I do teach a free course where you can learn a little bit more about the method. It's just three videos sort of released to you over the week. So I'm going to put that in the show notes, which you can find at fluent.show slash 146. It's called Experience Story-Based German Learning, I believe. So if you are interested in learning German, then definitely have a look at that or have a look at German Uncovered itself. This course is... It is teaching you in exactly this way. And it is a very, very, very... I've said very too much. It's a highly effective method. <laughs> there we go. Now, that's success secret number one of these programs. Not learning the theory first, but there's more. There is something else. Those programs and well-developed language courses build on similar patterns and create lots and lots of variations, calling back to earlier lessons along the way so that you really become familiar with what is in those lessons. And that is success secret number two. Repeat helpful patterns, repeat again, build on repetition, repeat, repeat, and just really do it in intervals as well. So you can teach something new in between, but call back to what you taught before. Make sure that the learner, or for you as a learner, make sure that you are using even the stuff that perhaps seems easy because you, your challenge as a language learner is to, to practically combine everything. And you can also see this method at play in a much more crude variation when you do flashcards with SRS, uh, spaced repetition-based systems. So that's success secret number two, repeat successful patterns. Number three, yes, there's more. They teach you sentences. They are, they're like the, I 
they give you this like IKEA flat pack that you only need to put together. Or you know, if you if you went to IKEA, imagine and you looked at like a bed. And Ikea was to say, okay, you like this bed? That's brilliant. Okay, here are some planks of wood. And we might give you some instructions. But, you know, you have to, you know, then go to go to the carpenter's office and get them all cut, right? And things like that. No, Ikea doesn't do that. It gives you everything you need so that you only need to put it together. And with language... It's similar to what a program like Michelle Thomas does. And again, German Uncovered, through the story-based methods, obviously you'll be getting in touch straight away with sentences and chunks of language. That's what it's called, chunks of language. So set expressions, set sentences, simple patterns, and repeat them again and again. Learn through these methods and then add in that vocab when you've got somewhere to actually embed it. That is success secret number three. Teach and learn in chunks of language. And finally, these are audio courses that encourage you to speak instantly by leaving gaps in the recordings. So if I'm saying good morning in German is guten Morgen. Guten And that gap in there encourages you to think, Guten what was it? Guten what was it? Okay, maybe I'll say it. Repeat after me. Guten Morgen. And now I've given you the instruction and the gap again just really gave you an instruction in itself. So they're very, very practical. They go directly to that skill. And again, German Uncovered does it too. A story-based method does it too. But not in the skill isn't speaking, the skill is reading and understanding the language. But both of them work in a very, very similar way because they put you in touch with the language straight away. These language courses are unconventional compared to study as we might have experienced it in school. If you listened to episode 141 about how to learn language you hated in school, you'll have heard that there was a lot of theory-first approaches, not this practice-first approach. And that is partly because as a self-directed learner, you've got the space to really apply what you are learning. You've got the time to process it. And that's much, much harder for a teacher to realize in a classroom of 25, 30 people. So when I am focusing on how I can most quickly start to use my language in communication... I am very similar to Nikki. I move fast, break things. <laughs> In the words of Silicon Valley, I learn what I need. I pick things up from people fearlessly. I make mistakes all the time. I just use the language and I push as hard as I can against all those comfort zone barriers. And when these, when you find that you've done this as well, you've gone through a period of learning in practical environments, especially in country, something else will stand out to you. And that is those words that you learned perhaps in country, they are fairly easy to remember. And that is because your interactions with the program or your interactions with the people added with the repetitions give you a rich experience of the language. So you're creating these like memory hooks and um, or memory stickiness I don't know you're covering your new vocab in in honey so that it actually sticks rather than completely falling off your brain and that is why first of all I wanted to talk about why a practical method works and why Nikki says I was able to go really really far in a language without ever sitting down and learning all the techie stuff now here is the thing 
I personally quite like the techie stuff. I like grammar and I do study it now and then and I like understanding cases and things like that, uh, things like the, the mutations in Welsh. I like, I like to know the rules but the rules are not helpful to me when I actually want to speak and I actually want to produce language. I read them out of interest and curiosity. I read them maybe once or twice and then I'm usually done with them because I understood the general principle and it's fine if I make a mistake later. Often what happens when you're a language learner and you work on the theory and all the grammar and the rules first and you really focus on those is you become very stiff and brittle and cramped and the, the flexibility that you need for making a mistake just just goes out of your learning and that is why starting with practice straight away is so encouraging and so positive and so such a good learning experience for you because it allows you the space and the understanding that the mistake doesn't actually break things it teaches you that language is not as brittle as you think it is it's actually super flexible the applied skill is very different to the technical knowledge so when you study the technical knowledge there's absolutely a space for it but you have to be aware that it's not it's not religion and you mustn't make your language learning brittle you have to stay flexible and you have to just study it and go all right okay well that's the book knowledge but let's put it into practice these are two sides of the same coin aren't they you can get fit looking at another area of life you can get fit without being a personal trainer but if you were to really study how muscles work anatomy and perhaps what you put in your body and the different intervals at which if you're really studying the process it starts to enhance your experience and often it makes you able to get to the next level where you could become a good teacher you could become a good instructor the same when you're tinkering let's say you're tinkering with your car or you're doing some DIY at home you could do really really well like I can paint a wall without going to painting school Absolutely. I don't need to read five books about, you know, how to paint a wall. I can just give things a go and then just see what works. But if I was to take a full apprenticeship, as say, at an, an interior designer, or if I like to tinker with my car, I want to train to be a car mechanic, most German example ever, right? I would elevate everything that I do as a practitioner but also I would gain this extra skill where I can transfer what I do to other people's projects and other people's learning and it's really when we can start to see the patterns and the rules of a language that we can start transferring our skills and opening up our minds from seeing just our own method of doing things to and to expanding the world and seeing how other people do things and understanding why that might also work and how it fits in and why language behaves the way it does. I would always encourage you as a learner to study a bit of grammar if you are curious and interested and you want to start seeing the patterns. If you want to become a teacher of a language, I would encourage you, double encourage you to study the grammar because you need to know it when you are teaching somebody else. As a teacher, you should, I should know grammar. And I believe, so I can see this with German Uncovered, the more theory I study about how German works, the better I become at helping you understand how German works. I don't need to tell you every single 
aspect of it, but it enhances your experience if I can do it well. And that is really where, the, to my mind, the difference between the technical and the practical really takes hold. If you want to take your practice further and start supporting others and start seeing different methods that are not just your method, that's where the technical skill The technical knowledge really comes in and practical skill doesn't support you quite as well. Also, one extra point, if you are just interested in learning a language, getting really good at it. First of all, I've, you, you can, of course, get to the C-levels, you know, and you can absolutely function. And particularly as a speaker of a language, you can become fluent and even higher you can go to levels of mastery in a foreign language without really studying grammar but if you train all the four core skills you'll find that one of them is writing and you'll usually find yourself needing more technical linguistic knowledge i.e you need to study more grammar you need to make sure you get things right when you are writing because there's just nowhere to hide and i personally recommend that because you want to give yourself as deep a knowledge as possible Now, I hope, this, I hope this was interesting for you. I've talked about a lot. So I've talked about the success secrets and I've talked about the, or this, the success, why a method like Michelle Thomas is successful. I've talked about my own personal mix that I do study grammar as a language learner, but I don't start with grammar. Absolutely not. And I don't make it the rule. So the idea is really not brittle, flexible. I want to make one point about being dogmatic here. Recently, I, I witnessed an online conversation between... A few different, you know, sort of guys discussing their different methods, their different approaches, whether to speak first or learn grammar first, or you should do a lot of reading, or you should wait to speak, or you should speak immediately, or learn by doing, or don't learn by doing, and use the textbooks and don't use the textbooks, and by all means, do not go to a class. Every single person in that conversation had a very strong opinion about how to study a language based on their own experience, which I think is excellent because it is experience that shows you what works for you but there was something missing for me and that was this flexibility that allows for somebody else's experience they all tried an approach they all saw what works for them but it seemed difficult for for some sides of this conversation to see the merit in another person's method to see that to see that not just is language flexible but process is flexible as well so here's my personal view I don't care for a long discussion online that goes on and on and on and back and forth about who has got the, the who's got the right way of doing grammar first or second or speaking or input first or anything like that. I really honestly I don't even care if Polyglot One has got a flashcard system and Polyglot Two has got um reads fifteen books before they speak and Polyglot Three does this. These 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 methods are very, very interesting and You can take them as inspiration. For me now, as a, as, a, as a fledgling Chinese learner, I look at what other people do and what works for them in Chinese, absolutely. But I take that all with a grain of salt and take it with flexibility. And I encourage you to, to do the same. I know a lot of language learners are interested in other people's methods. And I think this matters. And it's really important to learn about learning, as we discussed before. But... Every now and then, things can get a little bit abstract and it makes me personally want to experiment less when somebody is being very dogmatic. I personally care about answering questions rather than giving the, the perfect method. 
So that is my personal view on being very dogmatic about a method. But when you are not being dogmatic, doesn't mean you don't know what's up. It just means you come from a slightly different point of view. Now, I feel like we've had a meaty discussion here. So I want to give you some conclusions to summarize. And remember that success is a process. So this is all about trusting the process. And you want to get to a point where you feel you've got a good process in place and you can trust it. And you can just give yourself over to whatever you have planned, say, for a month. Do it, track, and then review. I talk about that so, so much. It's the concept of the language habit toolkit as well. So tip, four tips, four absolute conclusion tips. Let's take a breath and go. You can take notes now if you wish to or if you're driving. This is, this is a, a big bit. Conclusion number one. Don't assume what works for you will work for everybody else. Because it doesn't. People are different. Learning styles are different. Uh, brain, brains are different. <laughs> you know, life experience is different. So don't assume that if something works for you, it's going to work for everybody else. Conclusion number two, your goal in all this is to find what works best for you and don't hesitate to allow yourself some mistakes, exactly how Nikki does. Conclusion three, it's well worth thinking about process, spending a bit of time on process uh, because it means spending, it means saving yourself a lot of time and hassle down the line. So if you spend a little bit of time at the start thinking about how you like to learn, it pays off. It does pay off because you're in a self-directed environment where no one's going to tell you how to do it and you don't want to necessarily follow blindly. It's better to be flexible here. Conclusion number four, observe what you personally find challenging and then lean into that challenge. Ooh, if you're too shy to speak, you know what to do. You've got to speak. You've got to speak. Just find a safe space, but don't skip it entirely just because you're shy. If you don't know any grammar and you keep getting corrected, maybe start seeing a pattern. Maybe see if there is a continuous correction. And if you've got a teacher that picks you up on it feels like everything, instruct them to look out for one thing that you keep doing wrong that they think is significant, but then actually listen and focus on just fixing one little thing. It doesn't have to be big, but it makes a huge difference. So whatever you find really challenging, do lean into it. That doesn't mean change your whole method, but don't run away from the things that, that feel like they're going to be uncomfortable. These are my conclusions and my views on the process of learning a language. This is a, such a long, ongoing discussion. And my goal really with The Fluent Show is to empower you and to put tools and knowledge into your hand but also put confidence into your hands where you can you feel like you are able to just go out and give things a go finally if you want to check out that free german course do if you want to check out german uncovered i would love to have you in the german uncovered course and there's lots and lots of new interesting stuff coming don't forget orlando uh montreal other places where I'm definitely going to be. New York is a place where I am very likely going to be as well during the next week. So if you want to meet up and you want to give me a shout, please do. It's hello at fluentlanguage.co.uk. Thank you so much for listening to The Fluent Show. Don't forget to rate us and leave us a review. It really matters if you are an Apple Podcasts user. Just head down there, give it those little five stars. Perhaps write one sentence that you enjoy The Fluent Show. 
And I want to leave you with a sharing a wonderful accomplishment and a big thank you because this show has now surpassed one million downloads. One million downloads for people all people just like you all around the world, perhaps driving to work, perhaps driving home from work, perhaps on a bicycle, perhaps washing up, whatever it is you're doing. Make sure you send me that selfie on Instagram if you're on Instagram. Oh, just whatever ways I've given you 17 ways to get in touch. Do get in touch with me. Thank you. I appreciate you so much. And I hope the Fluent Show is going to continue for a long time to be a part of your language learning adventure. That's it from me. Goodbye. Au revoir. Tschüss.